This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 312. When we are evolving and learning about a new mastery, a new skill set. Now, that whole concept of not knowing what we don't know, we might feel like, look, I've been doing something really good already. And we might even begin to feel some internal resistance to embracing this new skill or even questioning whether that new skill is really valuable. I hear things like, you know, if I know what the person should do, I'm going to tell them that's the right thing to do. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. This might be your second attempt to listen to episode 312, and I apologize profusely. We had sound issues in the first episode. I was unaware of that. We pulled the episode down because it just wasn't what we want for the quality that we offer you, and I am re-recording this episode. So I just absolutely wanted it to be clean and crisp for you because it's such an important topic for us to explore how we continue to evolve in our coaching, how to avoid becoming stagnant or falling into habits that don't serve us and certainly don't serve our clients. And along with that, how to have the grace we need with ourselves through the process of building our muscles growing and evolving as a coach. Now we're solidly into November. For me, the year flies by once November gets here, preparing for the holidays. Both of my boys were born in the end of the year, one in November, one in December. Not the best planning, but that's the way that it happened. I'm leaving in just a couple days for my family gathering to celebrate my sister and her life. And we're in that place of wrapping up one year and planning for the next. So many moving balls this time of the year. And I want to thank you for making us a part of your end of the year process. So as we dive into discussing our stages of development and evolution as a coach, I truly believe down to my toes that an important part of our development is really making time and opportunity to connect with the kinds of resources that really give us a leg up, the kinds of things that help us grow as coaches. And with that in mind, I invite you to treat yourself in this holiday season to being a part of a vibrant coaching community and really take your star coach experience to a deeper level with direct access to me and my years of training and mentoring over a thousand coaches, you can access me for live Q&A and hot seat coaching. I know that each and every week you learn so much from listening to the guests on the show. Well, just imagine taking that learning to the next level by being able to have interactive learning with some of our star coach guests and asking them questions and engaging directly with them. 
as well as accessing a library filled with bite-sized content on the things that you really need to move your skills and build your revenue. Now, really, what I hear again and again from members is that the most valuable aspect of being a Star Coach member is for less than a price of coffee a day. There is this incredible connection and ability to share thoughts and experiences in a like-minded community and really grow in your coaching. And that's not even mentioning the incredible bonus package that annual members get. So if you're interested in learning more, head over to starcoachshow.com and explore our amazing member community. So let's dive into today's exploration of our evolution as a coach in our own personal evolution and how we build our skills. When we think about evolution, it's the gradual development of something, especially from a simple to a more complex form, says the dictionary. Well, if you think about how coaching seems like such a simple process, and yet the more we learn about it, we realize that it is an art form that really requires us to build our skills in many different directions. So in today's exploration, we're going to talk about the four stages of competence in relation to our evolution as coaches. Now, this was created by Joel Birch of Gordon Training International in the 1970s, and I'm sure you're familiar with the concept. We start with unconscious incompetence, then there's conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and unconscious competence. In the beginning, when I begin training either leaders in using coaching as a leadership style or the many students that come into the coaching programs that I teach in, I often hear something like, Meg, I've been coaching for years. I just decided that I'm going to get a credential now. Or, you know, coaching, oh my gosh, people have been coming to me for help forever. I have just been coaching for years. So the place that I usually begin is in sharing the different kinds of conversations that we have with others. And I describe what those are like. For example, let's start with teaching. When we have a teaching conversation, we're imparting ideas or principles through authority. We're giving information or instruction. In a mentoring conversation, We're facilitating and assisting somebody else's development through our own experience and growth. We're helping somebody grow through our role modeling, through our life experience. And then there's managing conversations where we set expectations. Maybe we set out protocol, planning, organizing, directing, guiding, maybe even correcting behavior. And then there's that important consulting conversation where we analyze a situation and provide expert advice. And then I lead into what coaching is. Now, the ICF defines coaching as partnering with clients in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. The process of coaching often unlocks previously untapped sources of our imagination, our productivity, or leadership. I also like to describe coaching as a process of facilitating self-determined, self-directed change. Well, I have to say that once I 
explore those different kinds of conversations, I begin to hear, oh, I thought I'd been coaching all of these years, but maybe really what I was doing was mentoring. Or, oh, you know what? I've been teaching people. Or I've been managing, and I thought that that was coaching. Whatever the is, fill in the blank. When we begin to realize that what we thought we were doing was coaching, but it wasn't, we're in the stage of unconscious incompetence, being unaware that there was a different skill set or a different kind of conversation than we previously were aware of. It's that whole concept of, I don't know what I don't know. And there's not a fault around that. The truth is the word coaching is used for many different types of conversations. And when we engage in a formal coach training, we might suddenly feel as though the rug is being pulled out from under our feet. And that competence that we felt so good about might begin to diminish. And that's a natural part of the learning process. When we are evolving and learning about a new mastery, a new skill set. Now, that whole concept of not knowing what we don't know, we might feel like, look, I've been doing something really good already. And we might even begin to feel some internal resistance to embracing this new skill or even questioning whether that new skill is really valuable. I hear things like, You know, if I know what the person should do, I'm going to tell them that's the right thing to do. Or, you know, this doesn't make any sense asking questions when it's much more efficient to just tell somebody what they need to do. Many of us have our claim to fame because we know we're an expert in a certain thing and we get hired to tell people what to do. All of that is valid. And when we are learning to coach, We need to learn that continuum between telling and asking and really build the asking muscle. Not every conversation is a coaching conversation. And there is value to every conversation, mentoring, teaching, advising, consulting. All of those conversations are valuable. But when you are in a coaching conversation, then you owe it to yourself and to your clients to grow your skills and your competence to truly grow in your professional development as a coach. So once we realize that, oh, maybe what I thought was coaching wasn't coaching, and maybe on that continuum from telling to asking, my asking is a little weaker than I want it to be. What you're doing is moving from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence. And this movement really depends upon how motivated you are to learn a new skill and whether you really believe in the value of the process of coaching. It's through that process of building our own awareness of wanting to move into that new skill that kind of sparks our need for learning and growth. When we recognize that there was a deficit in something that we thought we were really good in, it can lead to discomfort. It's sort of like our claim to fame isn't what we thought it was. And therefore, leaning into the learning and the value of a new skill set means that we feel really clunky when we try something new. We might make mistakes, feel really self-conscious or anxious. When I 
work with new coaches, I challenge them right out of the gate. You need to record your coaching sessions and listen back to them. That's the best way to learn. But gosh, that can certainly make us feel really self-conscious. And when we're in that learning curve, part of our learning is that we kind of want things to be linear or formulaic. And that does help to build that muscle. And yet it can feel and sound awkward. It can feel canned. It can lead to maybe not feeling as though the skill is as valuable as we want it to be. But really, that's just a natural part of learning and growing. One thing that will often happen when somebody's in a stage of conscious incompetence is they want to have tools right in front of them. They want to feel better with the process. So let's say having a list of questions right in front of them when they're with their clients. I really advise new coaches to put those questions to the side. Maybe they read those questions at different times throughout the day, not when they're coaching, and just begin to embrace in their mind those what and how questions, those positive presuppositions, ways to engage in the conversation and begin to get our mind thinking that way. But then when it comes to the session itself, leave the questions off to the side and just focus in on the client, what they're offering, and how you're responding to that. I had a session recently with a new coach and recommended this very thing. Go ahead and read through those powerful questions at different times. Practice at different times, just opening up your questions, using those what and how questions. But when it comes to the session with your client, just let those questions go. Focus in on what the client is offering and and be at ease in the session. Well, right after he and I had that session, I got an email from him within 24 hours. And he said, I just had a session where I left the questions out. And oh, it went so well. That is what lights me up. And that's part of moving through our evolution as a coach. Being aware, what is the client offering and how am I responding with curiosity and empathy? Now, one of the other things that I really recommend when you're in a place of conscious incompetence, you're aware that you're still building your skill, pick a focus such as letting go, I'm going to let go of can you, do you, have you questions, and I'm going to really focus on starting my questions with what and how. Or I'm going to challenge myself to let go of why questions because why questions can have the tendency to trigger somebody into feeling like they have to defend themselves or explain themselves versus asking a what or how question that opens up the brain to possibility. So pick a focus, challenge yourself on one thing and just focus on the one thing while you build that level of competence because right now you're aware that you're in that place of being consciously incompetent and it's okay. It's knowing that there's a process that you will get more and more comfortable with 
that hopefully will give you the grace you need to learn. It's when we're not fully proficient in something that really can create that angst. And yet, taking a deep breath and saying, you know what, yes, I listen to coaches who coach who seem more comfortable with it. My instructors seem more comfortable with it. I mean, I often hear from people, Meg, how did those questions come to you so easily? Well, it has been a process. Don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Very truthfully, the only thing that moves the dial and builds our incompetence to competence is trusting the process and practice, practice, practice. It's the practice part that will move us into conscious competence. Now I am aware of what I know. I know the skill, but it's going to take me an effort to use it. It takes my concentration. I may even fall into patterns or get sloppy if I don't continue to build that muscle. It's this time when we're in that building the muscle that we really want to practice that asking skill and try to not slip into how easy it feels to tell, but to stay in the place of curiosity and believing that the client is whole, resourceful, and creative. It's not until you're really proficient in being able to use inquiry and reflection to help move your client forward that you will begin to be more comfortable in how to provide a suggestion or make an observation without attachment to it. It's in this place of conscious competence that our confidence begins to grow, our nerves start to diminish, and it's easier to pay attention to what the client is offering without being distracted by what's the next question I'm going to ask? Or how am I asking this question? Or, oh my gosh, there's so many different things I could go after. What am I going to go after? When we really stay in that place of building the muscle, this is where we continue to grow in our confidence and our competence. This is a great time to pay attention to where it is that you want to grow. Where do you feel the gaps in your coaching that a particular training will help you to keep moving the muscle? This is why mentoring is required for ACC coaches. It requires you to coach and be heard by a mentor coach and continue to build that muscle and keep from falling into bad habits. It's part of the natural growth of moving from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence to conscious competence. Now, ultimately, as we continue to grow and learn, we begin to move into a place of being unconsciously competent. One of the comments that I hear most often from new coaches that I work with is, I wish I could ask questions as easily as you do. Or do you have to think about the questions you ask or the reflections that you make? They just sound so natural. Well, it's because it's become second nature to me. I've now had over 30 years of using inquiry to help people grow. 
I've become unconsciously competent. When we're unconsciously competent, we can view our conversations differently. Being fully present with the client while being aware of intuitive downloads, bringing in different themes and patterns that the clients displayed over time, being comfortable and engaged without needing to know what's going to happen next, and definitely not needing to solve for the client. Because the muscle of inquiry and reflection has been developed in a coach who is unconsciously competent, if they determine a need to step into a different role with the client to maybe take a moment to teach something or share a mentoring moment, they're fully aware of that shift. They own that shift. It's not their default. It is a choice. And they share that with the client. It's our evolution that continues even when one is unconsciously competent. There is a continual need to look for opportunities to grow. It is our professional responsibility to not get stagnant, to not stay in a place of a pattern that keeps us stuck. So as we think about our evolution of a coach, I would just encourage you to be thinking about where am I on that path and what do I need to do to continue to challenge myself into building new muscles, into trying creative approaches, into fully being present with our clients, remembering that it is evoking their awareness for their creativity, that they have the answers within themselves, and that yes, you are a partner in this process for a reason. And part of your partnership is your continued growth and development as a coach. I would love to hear how, how this lands on you, what you think about your evolution of a coach, and what you do to continue to grow your muscles. Now, next week, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Master Certified Coach, Karen Capello. Karen's going to be talking to us about how our energy that we bring into our marketing conversations impacts the way that we believe that conversation will go, whether we are stepping into that conversation as ourselves or we're trying to be somebody that we're not, and how damaging it can be to show up in a marketing conversation differently than who we really are, therefore really tapping into our energy and understanding our market is key. I'm super excited to introduce you to Karen. So until then, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.